0: Chapter. Or it's not Luke. It's not Luke this morning. It's John, chapter twenty. If you want to look around in your in your Bibles, or you can just listen to me, this morning. <clears throat> I'm going to read uh, the first eighteen verses of chapter twenty of John's Gospel for this morning. <clears throat> I'd like to encourage you to, while I'm reading this, to think about trying to put your shoes, your feet in the shoes of. One of these disciples, just kind of try to take yourself back in time, way, way back in time. It's hard to imagine because it was a total different culture, a total different situation in the world. Uh, Imagine not only being in the shoes of these disciples I'm about to read about and what they're experiencing, but also imagine where they had been the several days before as they had once followed Jesus around the known world, listened to all his teachings and watched him do all the miracles that he did and watched him encounter his uh, I guess enemies or those who would be against him and watched how he talked to them and dealt with them and, and, and wasn't afraid of them and building up their confidence in Jesus, their king, their leader, right, their rabbi, all so that he could be arrested and then treated the way he was, beaten, spit on, whipped, cursed, mocked. And so on. And you're there. As as close as you could be to that, because surely if you were in the shoes of these disciples, you would have fled as they did when, they, when all this happened. They all abandoned him, right? They all walked away, ran away. But some stayed close enough and others stayed a little bit further away, but they all knew and saw and witnessed Jesus being killed or being crucified. They witnessed Jesus interacting with the Father on the cross, interacting with the two other men who were crucified alongside of him, and they also witnessed Jesus take his last breath, no doubt. So they went home, or they went away, confused, hurt, scared, Whatever, you, you name an emotion, they probably were experiencing it. And and you want to talk about mourning the loss of someone. This was not only a friend, not only a, a brother, but this is one who they, whom they they left everything and everybody to follow. They just abandoned their lives. Or around about the last three years to follow this man no doubt that they had built up relationship with him to where there was more than just friendship it was a love that could not be compared to any other kind of love and now he's dead not only did they watch him give up his life on the cross but they also watched as he was buried in the grave He was put in the tomb. And because they had to do it so quickly they felt a need to go back after the Sabbath to finish properly burying Jesus, the one that they loved. Properly burying this one who they thought was going to be their king, who was going to be their leader, who was going to finally lead them into victory over the world. But now they have to go through all of this, what they don't want to do. That's where we pick up verse 1 in chapter 20 of the Gospel of John. Now on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came early to the tomb while it was still dark and saw the stone already taken away from the tomb. So she ran and came to Simon Peter and to the other disciple whom Jesus loved and said to them, they have taken away the Lord out of the tomb and we don't know where they have laid him. So Peter and the other disciple went forth and they were going to the tomb. The two were running together, and the other disciple ran ahead faster than Peter and came to the tomb first. And stooping and, and stooping and looking in, he saw the linen wrappings lying there, but he did not go in. And so Simon Peter also came following him and entered the tomb, and he saw the linen wrappings lying there. And the face cloth, which had been on his head, not lying with the linen wrappings, but rolled up in a place by itself. So the other disciples, who had first come to the tomb, then also entered, and and he saw uh, and believed. For as yet they did not understand the scripture, that he must rise again from the dead. So the disciples went away again to their own homes. But Mary was standing outside the tomb weeping, and so as she wept, he stooped and looked into the tomb. And she saw two angels in, the, in, in white sitting, one at, at the head and one at the feet, where the body of Jesus had been lying. And they said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, Because they have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. When she, when, she had, when she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there and did not know uh, that it was Jesus. Verse 15, Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary, she turned and said to him in Hebrew, Rabbani, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, stop clinging to me for I have not yet ascended to the father, but go to my brethren and say to them, I ascend to my father and your father and my God and your God. And then finally in verse 18, Mary Magdalene came and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord and that he had said these things to her. What what an amazing moment that they completely missed. They were there. He was standing there talking to her. And they all missed it except for when she heard his voice. She recognized his voice. She didn't recognize his being, his person at the time. Who could ever mistake our Savior for the gardener, for crying out loud? I wonder wonder why. I I sat and thought about this for a little while, and I'm thinking to myself, I wonder why she wouldn't recognize him as Jesus by looking at him. And I I suspect it is because she wasn't looking for him in this way. She wasn't looking for Jesus to be walking around. She's looking for Jesus to be in the grave. Dead. I mean, after all, they all saw him dead. They, They surely touched his dead body when they were preparing him to be in there so quickly. And yet they... They didn't see it right away did they and in verse 8 which we're going to talk about later on this morning it says the other disciple who had first come to the tomb then also entered by the way we suspect this to be John because that's the way John talks about himself he went in and it said he saw and he believed but what did he believe did he believe that Jesus was resurrected from the dead? Or did he just believe that Jesus wasn't in there? The body. Because the, then right away it says, they, uh, they went on to their on, to their homes. Right? It says that in verse 9, it says they didn't understand the scripture that he must rise from the dead. They didn't understand that that should happen and could happen and would happen and needs to happen. So the disciples went away again to their own homes. It's almost like they looked in there and then they and they believed that her 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 testimony that Jesus was not in the grave. Okay, she's right. Let's go back home. That's what it seems like, doesn't it? That's why Mary had to talk to Jesus here. Because now she's going back with another testimony in verse 18. She's not only going back saying, somebody took the body. She's going back saying, I talked to Jesus again. Y'all need to know about this. You see. So as we put ourselves in the feet of these disciples here, these few people, initial contact with the risen Savior, ask yourself, what would this have been like? what must this have been like this is early after his resurrection there's a lot more that's happening after this encounter before he goes to be with the father I mean (coughs) he comes to where they're praying right and he he just doesn't open the door and just walks in he just walks right in (coughs) and they're all just looking at him like how did he get in here How'd this guy get in here? Because they had the dar- the doors were uh, locked, they were shut, they were they had things against the door because they were afraid they would be killed. Because they are his disciples still. And he just shows up. Ask yourself as we worship this morning, as we come back later and sing more songs and read more scripture and talk about his resurrection and celebrate our savior in this way ask yourself what would it have been like to experience him walking around in the world and you get to witness that would we see him would we believe i think thomas gets a bad rap because he needed proof but everybody was just like Thomas, really. Everybody was doubting, really. They were doubting all the way to the time when he went to be with the Father. It says they were just looking up in the sky. They had to be told, to, uh, you, you got work to do. You need to get about the Lord's business. You need to go do what the Lord told you to do. Namely, go wait for the Spirit. Remember? So... <coughs> so I'm looking at this this morning it's an empty tomb praise God he's not dead if he's dead we're all in trouble right every time I preach an Easter message every time I preach specifically about his resurrection I can't help but Think about the moment that I realized that this Jesus is a real thing in my life. That's not just some fairy tale, or not just some something that the people that go to church talk about. It's not just some hope that's a more, than, more of a gamble than it is a reality, which is what a lot of people think. There's a lot of people who call themselves. Christians or believers that all they're doing is saying that it's true just in case it's true there's a lot of people who call themselves Christians that don't even believe that the resurrection is even possible that life after death is even possible that kind of miracle could not happen and would not happen in fact they're, they're they'll be fine with accepting God and his uh, creation Even accepting Jesus for whatever they believe Jesus is, but they will never accept that any person or anything could actually live after leaving this world. That's a reality even today. It was the same thing that Jesus was dealing with when he was in the world, teaching about the kingdom of God. And here he is, looking like the gardener talking to this lady, right? And by the way, if my Savior looks like a gardener, then okay. I'll take it, right? I don't have to have him look a certain way for him to be my Lord. As long as it's the man that was in the grave and is now out of the grave, that's all I care about. Because he's the one who died on the cross for me and you. Now, that's, if, that's, if, this, if that's not enough to get up early in the morning for, then I don't know what's going to get anybody out of bed. And I appreciate all of you being here this morning because I think, it's, <clears throat> I think this is the most important thing that we could ever talk about in our entire lives. It doesn't matter if you live to be 15 or 100 years old. If this is is not the most important thing in your life, then you've missed it. You've totally missed it. And I pray that you would get it soon. We're not just going to look in the grave and see that it's empty and say, yep, it's empty. I believe it's empty. Some people stop at believing that the grave is empty. But you know, all of you here, at least all of you here know, as well as I do, that that doesn't cut it when it comes to accepting what this is all about. You can believe the grave is empty all you want to. But if you don't believe that Jesus is Lord and Savior, if you don't believe that it requires putting your faith in him, it requires everything that God has laid out as far as faith, repentance being baptized for the forgiveness of your sins, if you don't believe that, you you can't be saved. You won't be saved. And you've forfeited the love that God has offered you. That's what we need to be telling folks who are still asleep this morning, who are planning to do everything else but worship God. You know, there's people who have spent their entire lives, young and old, and they have never one time taken this one day of the year and acknowledged Jesus and his resurrection. Isn't that sad? Isn't that a sad thing? If we can't get excited, if we can't get excited about what we just read about in this Bible, then maybe we don't get it. Hello. <laughs> on my worst days, I'm growing. Look, look, I'm growing into this as I continue in my Christian journey, y'all. But on, on my worst days, whatever those days are, I know the Lord puts it in my heart, you still have the resurrected Savior. Don't forget that. It's hard now, but Jesus is still alive. Which then takes me all the way to the end of John's revelation where he says, one day it's all going to be over. And those who believe, those who accept the resurrection and step into the gift of God, all of the pain and suffering will be over. And you won't die. Hello? You're not going to die. For eternity. I used to be confused by that when I first got saved, and I'll be finished here in a minute because I told you it would be a short one. But I used to be confused by that when I first got saved. I had to really work hard at should I I be excited about dying or should I be excited about living? Every time God's answer was yes. (laughs) Every time. Yes, the answer is yes. Be excited about living for eternity with me. Also be excited about living in this world for Christ. And also be excited about when you physically die, you will live. It was like a a brain twister to me when I was younger in in the faith. When when I met Jesus for, for real... I just knew about him before that. But when I I finally put my focus on him and looked at this gardener and said, oh, this is Jesus. When I finally started looking for him, I saw him. We sing that song, Were You There? When they crucified my Lord. All the way on down the story, right? Were you there? Were you there? And, of course, somebody who's not saved or somebody who doesn't listen to the song, they're going to say, no, we weren't there. That happened over 2,000 years ago. No, we weren't there. And that's true. But I'll tell you what. I was there when he saved me. I was there when he showed himself to me. I was there when he... uh, uh, made it obvious to me that he was and is not dead. And, and when I finally understood that, oh, you mean he's not dead. <laughs> you mean he's literally not dead. Because I had heard the gospel plenty. I have no excuse my whole life. But it dawned on me when I started looking for it, I finally saw it, just like Mary. She heard his voice because she had a relationship with him. She recognized his voice, and then she saw him. And I'm like, you mean he's literally not dead? I always believed that, okay, that means he's somewhere else with God. But no, no, no. He's here. He's here for the believers. Isn't that great? Isn't that awesome, y'all? And then somebody's going to say, well, why did did he have to go be with the Father? Why not just live forever in the flesh with us? Wouldn't that be great? Actually, no. It It wouldn't be great because then we wouldn't have his spirit. We wouldn't have the fullness of what Jesus died for. As we continue this morning, we can celebrate that because he claimed victory over death, and we can step into christ through faith repentance baptism we can now have the holy spirit then we claim victory over death through him isn't that great y'all so no matter what no matter what the world can throw at you you win if you believe isn't that cool you don't even need coffee, if you think about it that way. You don't even need coffee this early in the morning. Because you should be excited in your sleep. You'd be like, woo You're getting the stuff out of your eyes. You're like, yes, I'm alive! And nobody can take it from you. God won't take it. No other man can take it. Satan can't take it. He'll try to convince you to give it up, but he cannot take it. No one can take it from you. Isn't that great?